You're listening to the Improve Photography Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. I'm Jim Harmer and I welcome you to another episode. I have spent the the last couple weeks in Mexico, but the last week with Felix Hernandez, as I had mentioned, and it was just a, an incredible, incredible adventure and I learned so much from him. So uh, I am editing through that video now, um, but it it's going to be popping up on Improved Photography Plus very, very soon. So uh, be sure to check that out. And when the whole thing is finished, it will be for sale as a, as a separate full tutorial on improvephotography.com. So look for that as well. Well, today's episode is a continuation of our series of talking to listeners of the Improved Photography Podcast and hearing the awesome, creative, different things that you all are doing with photography. Uh, we've had an awesome series with it. It's been really fun to, to see all the different avenues of photography that people are going after. And today we are tra traveling digitally to Oklahoma to talk with Natalie Greenroyd, uh, who is a family and children photographer. And uh, Natalie, thank you to, thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Natalie, to somebody who doesn't know your photography at all, tell us what you're doing with photography. Okay. Um, well, I am a professional photographer, and then I do take clients. Um, I shoot uh, mainly families with young kids anywhere from you know, aged one to six or seven. Uh, I do that part-time. I only do a couple of, of clients a month. But in the last couple of years, I've really focused on um, learning how to photograph my own kids. I was getting frustrated because I was taking all of these great photos of other families and, um, you know, other people's kids, and I was really lacking in the photos I had of my own kids. So um, the last couple of years, I've really focused on that, uh, learning how to uh, photograph my kids in an artistic way that makes me happy as both a parent and as an artist. So that's kind of where my focus, my main focus is now is, is following them around with my camera. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to talk in the first half of this podcast about that, about photographing your own kids and uh, w what that's like, what's working for you and what isn't working as well, mostly <laughs> because that's something that I am terrible at you know the old saying about <laughs> the understand. cobbler's kids oh my <laughs> exactly, goodness <right>. my kids <laughs> my kids have like a few a few nice professional photos of them and almost all of them are iphone photos of my kids it's terrible oh, man, I understand. it's, it's I know, terrible i know it is it's it can be so difficult and it's you know as photographers we're so used to pulling out our camera and um, being artistic and, and capturing these these wonderful moments but for some reason it can be so hard to do that in our actual family um and and i i wanted to change that so it's so two years ago in, in 2016 i was so frustrated with the photos i was capturing of my own kids uh, or lack of i, I was kind of like you i didn't have very many photos of them and so i thought the only way to fix this is the only way to figure out the the solution here is just to shoot daily so that's what I did. In 2016, I picked up my camera every single day um, with the hopes of capturing just one photo that I was happy with of my kids. And that was probably the best thing I could have done um, because there were many days I didn't want to pick up my camera. And I was, you know, I, maybe I had already shot two sessions that day for other people and I, I wasn't feeling in the mood to take pictures of my own kids. But um, just by trial and error, uh, that year was really uh, a turning point for me um, just 
because of the sheer amount of photos that I was taking, uh, figuring out what worked and what didn't and how to work with my kids to make them not super mad at me (laughs) and irritated with me. Um, But just to kind of find the balance between capturing them doing what they loved by also trying to put my artistic spin on it as well. So that was that was a big year for me and kind of learning how to make all that work. Well, my problem is not the kids. I mean, a lot of people, you know, their kids complain every day. Oh, great. Dad's taking right. pictures again. <laughs> my kids aren't like that. They don't really care at all. Oh, Maybe, that's awesome. Um, they, don't, they don't mind that. The problem is right here. It's me. <laughs> Um, (laughs) like for example when uh when we were in mexico i i so i spent the first week with my family there and then the second week i shot with felix hernandez so i had all my gear and i was in an awesome place with the kids i should have taken a ton of pictures of them uh, other than just iphone shots you know like a really good picture but uh, mostly for me it's about hauling around the gear and getting out the gear and stuff but yes. what do you do to get around that are, are you using like a micro four thirds or something small or or yes, how well, have you found to get around with it you know that there's there's two i have two answers for that the first one was that was part of my problem too was just not being motivated to pick up my camera and that's why um, when i did my project you know i, I made a, a promise to myself that i would take a picture every single day for a year so having that hanging over my head that even when i didn't want to um, you know, I, I made a commitment to finishing this project. So that was there. So that was kind of my motivation on the days that I didn't want to pick up my camera. And there were plenty of them. Um, that's why I picked it up in that particular year. And even on those days that I wasn't motivated, once I did pick up my camera, I have some of my favorite photos from that year. I, I remember specifically or were on days that I had zero ideas. I had zero motivation. I really didn't want to take any pictures. But somehow pushing through and just that simple act of picking up my camera and, and finding something to shoot, I, I created something that, you know, was one of my favorites of the year. Uh, my second answer to that question is just this past year, I guess it was probably last fall, maybe in August or September, because I, I had the same problem that you do. My One of my favorite uh, combos, I, I shoot with a, a, a Nikon D610, and one of my favorite lenses is the uh, 70 to 200 2.8. And yeah, that's a beast humongous. of a, that's, it's huge, yeah. Yes, it is so big. In um, fact, I was, I, at, I was at Best Buy this last week, and like, it's been a while since I've yeah. touched a DSLR. Obviously, I shot with DSLRs for years, but it's just been a while. I've been shooting with micro oh. four, th- four thirds exclusively for about two years now. And yeah. I just, I saw one in Best Buy and I picked up a D610 and I was like, oh my goodness, this no, thing is a it's chunk. Massive. It's huge. <laughs> no. And that's not even, yeah. the, you know, it's not even the biggest series of camera, but it was, it was exactly. a chunk. Yeah. So, I mean, and paired with the 70 to, to 200, which is huge. And my, my second favorite is the 24 to 70, which yep, is also huge. Also big. So, yeah. So for a solid year, that's all I used. And I mean, it was cumbersome and probably... 90% of my pictures were taken at home just because I, d- I don't like lugging that around. It's not real fun. You're worrying about it in your bag, you know, out with kids, especially. Um, but this past fall, I, I purchased a Fuji, a mirrorless. It's the X220. And oh my goodness, I've fallen in love. <laughs> it, I have been able to capture so many more moments of my kids out and about in moments that I never would have guessed would have had like really promising photographic possibilities. Uh-huh. Um, just having that in my purse, it literally fits in like a little zipper section of my purse, like where chapstick goes. It is 
phenomenal. And I have a little pancake lens on there. It's the 27, I think the 27 2.8. And I wish I'd had that during my daily shooting project, uh, but I kind of didn't know a lot about the mirrorless world at that point. Um, So, so yeah, that's the the second part of it is, is it is a lot easier to have something smaller to carry around with you than, than having the, you know, like a hundred pound gear set up with you every time you go somewhere. So I really enjoyed playing with the Fuji a lot this past few months. It's been a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. Do you, um, do you feel not that, that, not that that isn't a very capable camera, it is, but, uh, but it's not a D610 either. Do you feel limited when you use it? Not at all. Not at all. And I did a lot of research on it um, before I purchased it. And, you know, going from, you you know, you always hear about full frame, full frame, everything needs to be full frame. And I love my Nikon and I I don't think I could get rid of it. Um, But I was a little bit worried, you know, because the Fuji is is, is not a full frame. It is a crop sensor. Um, I uh, I rented it first before I purchased it just to make sure I was, you know, comfortable with it. And then I was happy with the images that it was producing. And it, it has blown me away. I haven't, I, a lot of my images, I don't think you can tell a difference um, looking at them, which was shot with the Nikon and which was shot with the Fuji. And it's the same way when I'm editing, you know, I'll forget as I'm working on it, which camera I shot it with. It's got great quality. It works really well in low light. I don't really miss it being a full frame. Um, I've, I've been really impressed with it and I don't feel limited with it at all. Not one bit. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really impressive camera. Very cool. Well, I notice as you're um, as you're taking photos of your kids, a lot of the the photos, kind of the style that I see, uh, is a lot of your photos are very uh, very dark or show a lot of highlight and shadow, uh, a lot of yes. contrast in the in the the photos. So I'll see you know pictures of of your kids sitting at a desk uh, working on homework, and the room is entirely black except for the window. Um, and right. just the light of that window coming in on them. So are you planning that mostly? Um, planning, you, you, you know, know, say, ooh, come come sit over here and do your homework, or or are you just looking for that as it happens? Um, yeah, you know, that was something that happened. Um, I didn't really have a style. Before I started my, my, my daily shooting project, I didn't really have a style. I just took pictures of my kids wherever they were. If they were doing something cute, I would take a picture. And um, the more I shot, the more I kind of started seeing a style develop. And I I started to see patterns in what I was shooting and the type of light that I was shooting in. Um, Just because of, like I said, like the magnitude of photos I was taking. I was taking so many pictures. It's it's a lot easier to see a style shine through and and for you to find what you like and what you don't like when you're shooting that often. And I did... uh, pretty quickly, probably a few months into my project, start to see a pattern with the lights and the contrast. And I really do like a lot of uh, a contrast in my photos. And I, you know, bright and airy photos are beautiful. But I have found that that is just not my style. That's not how I see the world. I'm really drawn to low light. And like I said, the deep contrast. Um, so that's definitely something that kind of just evolved naturally. And I, you know, without even thinking about it, that's just kind of what I'm, the, the areas of the house that I'm drawn to when I see that kind of light. Um, and even outside, you know, finding rich shadows and things like that. So I'm just kind of drawn to that naturally. Um, so it's not necessarily a, an effort that I'm putting forth. It's just kind of a natural organic thing. Um, so what, can you give me a, an idea, a percentage of what, what uh, how many of your photos are, hey, kids, come come sit over here and put on this cute hat and sit by the window and what percentage are candid? 
Okay, let me see. Come on, I want specific I w- numbers. Okay, specific <laughs> numbers. Oh man, you know, I I would say maybe twenty percent are me asking them to do something. Okay, uh-huh. that that's a lie. Maybe thirty. We'll, we'll say thirty percent <laughs> is me asking them to do something. And when I ask them to do something, it's usually pretty vague. Uh-huh. It's not something really, really specific with like an elaborate setup. You know, it's maybe hey. Will you come do what you're doing, but will you come do it over here sitting here, you know, sitting in this pretty light or whatever? Because it the, the more I ask them and direct them, you know, mine are, mine are three and six right now. So um, with older kids, I feel like maybe it's a little bit easier or maybe it's not, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But um, the more I direct with them, just the more irritated and over it they are. And, you know, they will sit there as long as I tell them, but them having, you know, the pout on their face maybe is not exactly... Uh-huh. The look that I'm going for. So I really do try to um, whatever it is they're doing. You know, I know the certain times of the day that uh, where where I can take pretty photos, whether it's outside or inside. So I'll look for those times of the day and I'll see what they're doing, and then I will try and like move myself. You know, I'm always looking for different perspectives and photos. So um, maybe it's them riding their bike in the, in the early evening. I know they're going to be out there doing that. So I'll go out there each night and just try and find a new way to shoot it. So I'm not giving them any directing. I'm, it's more like I'm directing myself. I'm kind of giving myself a list of different ways. Have I shot from the ground? Have I shot, you know, have I done this as a freelancing shot? Have I, you know, what haven't I done yet of them riding their bike that I can do a little bit differently. So more directing myself than it is them, but there are those days that I'm desperate to take a photo, so I'll give them some direction. And, Somebody do and something cute already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, give me a big happy smile like you mean it. <laughs> yeah, it just it doesn't really work for my kids all that often, so I don't I don't do it a whole lot. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, so your 365 project is over now, right? When did it yes. end? Um, so I, it, it, I did it in 2016 and I started January 1st. And so, but my, my very last photo for that project was on, you know, December 31st. And it was a mix of emotions when I finished. I was relieved and happy and scared and excited. Um, and I was a little bit afraid that I wouldn't feel the pressure to pick up my camera ever again. That's um, what I want to know. Yeah. Do you yeah, still I, pick I, up I was, the camera? Yeah, I was, I honestly was like really terrified and it kind of went both ways. I was scared that I would never be motivated to pick up my camera again. And I was also scared that I couldn't stop. <laughs> and because of my poor little computer's sake, I had so many images. My, I mean, seriously, my computer, it, it did die. And my computer died at one point during my 365, which was terrifying. Death by you know, 365. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I, it, there were a lot of mixed emotions. And I specifically didn't take a picture on January 1st of 2017 because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to stop. And I knew that I had to like go back and catch up on editing and, and you know going through all those hundreds of thousands of photos that I took. I just I needed a break from it. So I forced myself not to take a picture on January 1st. Um, but pretty quickly after that, I was relieved to find that I, I was still motivated to pick up my, my camera. And I will go, you know, I think maybe the longest I've gone without picking it back up is maybe a week. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I probably still shoot every few days. You know, I'll take maybe two or three dollars two or three days off here and there. Um, but I'm still really motivated to pick up my camera, which is was relieving to me because I thought, I'm never going to take another good picture again, <laughs> you know, after that project was over. Um, but it, that, that didn't happen, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so how many of those photos have remained in your portfolio? So that was a year ago that you finished. So I right. guess what I'm wondering is how many remained in your portfolio because you were just shooting so much and how many have fallen off because you've continued to improve? Um, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty even. So I, for as much as I shot in 2016, um, like the, the number of photos that maybe I would consider portfolio, uh, portfolio worthy, um, the following year in 2017, I would, I would probably say, I, you know, I shot obviously a little bit less just because I wasn't shooting quite so much, but, um, I, I, I shot just as many portfolio worthy, um, photos in 2017, I feel like, um, so, you know, as the, as the years go by, some of those kind of trickle off. Um, but it, it's been pretty consistent, uh, looking back on it now, as far as like creating, uh, the photos that I'm proud of that I would consider, you know, putting in a portfolio. Um, it, I, I would say it's about the same from 2016 to 2017. So. Okay. Uh, ah, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I was interesting, interested how, how that would go. Yeah. So do you think there will be another Another 365 project. You know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, I really, it, it was a love-hate relationship with it. Um, possibly. You know, I, I would consider it only when I'm at the point where I am caught up on everything because I have, I still have photos from, you know, I, I, I stayed caught up with editing um, t till maybe like, September or October of, of 2016. So from from then on, I am not caught up on editing at all. So I don't have a single month from 2017 that I would consider like fully edited photos. Um, you know, I have like folders of thousands of photos that I need to go through and just like, you know, trash some and like pick the keepers. And I, just, I need to, to get all that organized first. And maybe once I feel like I'm caught up on everything, I might consider it. I don't know. It really was truly. And for anybody wanting to um, to find their style and maybe bust through some ruts, uh, shooting daily, man, it really was, I have taken a lot of classes. I've been a part of a lot of communities, but the, the daily shooting really is what, uh, was the turning point and a game changer for me as, as far as, um, being able to create photos of my kids that are not just snapshots that are more, um, you know, art. So, um, yeah, I would, I would really recommend that to anybody, but man, it is a challenge. It really is. It's a challenge. So maybe someday I'll do it again. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I think it's, it's such a neat thing. So one thing that I've been thinking about recently with New Year's resolutions and just looking forward to the next year and what I want to do this year, like there are just so many different worthy things to go after. You know, I Absolutely, could spend yeah. an hour in the gym every morning uh, as as my thing to focus on. I could focus on my family and go camping 20 nights this year. Uh, I, I could focus on business and do things there or saving money and do things there. Right. There are just so many like worth like good, worthwhile yes, things for absolutely. me to do. How did you decide that, that the 365 project was the one for you? Yeah, you know, I had, um, I have heard other photographers say exactly what I'm sitting here saying right now, that just do it already, you won't regret it, it will change your life. Um, I had been hearing that for years, and it seemed like such a daunting thing to take on, um, and it is, it's really hard, but I, um, I just hadn't had the guts to do it yet, honestly, 
Um, I, I did. I had a lot of other things going on. It's really easy to justify not doing it by saying, oh, I take on so many clients or, you know, I work full time and I'm only home when it's dark. And there are a lot of reasons not to do it. And so that's what I was kind of doing for a few years. Um, and then Jan- January 1st of 2016, I just took a picture. I, I honestly, I didn't really in- it, intend to start. Um, but like the first three or four days of the year, I took a picture. And at that point I was like, well, I've already, you know, I've got my first three or four days hey, down. I, I might as three well, yeah, down, three sixty-two to go. I'm exactly. Like, yeah. So, I'm like point five percent done, so right. I might as well continue, right? Yeah. So it was kind of an, an easy way to start because I didn't start off, you know, like uh, telling myself I was going to have to do it, but it just it just kind of started, and then I thought, well, I, I might as well just stick with it. This is year I'm going to try it. Um, but yeah, it's really easy to focus on other things. But um, uh, but I will say. One of the things that made it a little less daunting for me, um, a lot of people, when they do projects like this, they, they put a lot of pressure on themselves um, to take a picture, edit a picture, and post a picture You know, on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or, or whatever. Um, and that is a lot to do in one day. Um, my only goal was to pick up my camera and take a picture. That was it. I didn't have to edit every day, which is probably why I'm so backed up on editing. <laughs> but um, that wasn't my goal. My goal was was the shooting aspect of it. Um, I didn't feel like I had to post on social media every single day. Um, I did. I did post um, pretty frequently on Instagram. Is is where I kept up with my project, um, and that actually had another added benefit as far as finding a commu- a really supportive community there. Um, but that was my my only thing. And every time I would start to feel overwhelmed and stressed out about it, I thought you can pick up your camera and take one picture and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't put my put pressure on myself to create something spectacular every single day um, because I'm not that kind of photographer. There are some people out there that can take something amazing every day, um, but I didn't put that expectation on myself because um, I knew I would stop. I would quit if I, you know, I would get really frustrated. So, so really setting the bar low, I guess, was the key for me just to, to you know, click the shutter once a day and, and I'd be good to go. That's that's good advice. I heard, uh, I can't even remember where, if it was in a book or a podcast that I heard recently, somebody said, you know, we're always talking about stretching ourselves and making these, um, you know, life-changing, big, think big goals. And he said, right. you know, make your goal what you think you can do and then try cutting it in half um, oh, that's and then amazing. stick with that yeah. goal. And yes, he said, amazing. you know what, when, when you see yourself succeed at it, uh, you're going to be able to take on something so much bigger the next time and actually accomplish it uh, because right. you're starting with success instead of like everybody, including me's uh, you know, New Year's resolutions that are just like always dead by, oh, by about now, January <laughs> yeah, 16th. <laughs> exactly, right. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's great advice. Like, yeah, if you put too much pressure on yourself to do something, you know, you're just going to be disappointed. So I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, start off my project that way. So yeah, that, that's really good advice. That's awesome. Well, in the second half of this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the art um, and kind of what specific moments in in photographing kids capture your eye and about your post-processing and things. But before we do that, we want to take just a second to thank our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by ImprovePhotographyPlus.com. Improve Photography Plus is where we have some of our best trainings from photographers that you know and love, like Brent Bergherm on cleaning your camera like a pro, Erica Kay on posing women, Connor Hibbs on compositing, Jim Harmer on block method composition, all kinds of editing tutorials, commercial photography tutorials, 
the list goes on and on. So check it out at improvephotographyplus.com and start your free two-week trial today. All right, in the first half we, half, we talked about photographing your kids, kind of how you got started doing it, and your 365 project. Um, what I want to talk about now is is more what specific moments uh, with, with kids uh, capture your attention. What I like as I look through your portfolio is uh, you're rarely just documenting the event. Uh, for example, it, very few of these pictures are the kind of, you know, kid holding his trophy uh at this at the soccer game or right. uh or just a full body shot of a kid up to bat at baseball uh you're capturing capturing you know the the uh, silhouette of the kids um you know at the uh, a silhouette of the kids a kind of a let's see if i can describe it so this is a, the one that i'm looking <laughs> at is a black and white photo of uh kids playing baseball you know hanging up the bat on the fence and oh, you're right, looking right. through the yeah, fence and it's black practice. and white and everything's just very right. Um, you know, you don't see the detail of the kids. The kids are just blacked out. Uh, things like that you're, you're capturing or you're just getting the kids' feet as they're running through a yes. puddle uh, <laughs> or, or just uh, the texture on a kid's dirty hand on the playground. Um, they're, they're bits and pieces and rarely telling or rarely even documenting a story. They're mostly just little bits of things. So um, yeah. what is it that attracts you to that? Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I love, I love, you know, like we talked about before, I love capturing my kids just doing what they're doing without a lot of direction from me. So trying to tell their story and capture it as, it is what they're doing, but not in your typical way, like you said, like, smile, look at the camera, hold up your trophy. Mm -hmm. um, but just in a way that to me is fulfilling, you know, as an artist. So that's, where I try to merge both of these things together, like what my kids are doing, you know, they're at baseball practice, but how can I take that in a way that is, that's pleasing to me? Um, and that's one thing that I've, I've, I've really kind of wrestled with. And I think a lot of us do as photographers and as artists, like, you know, taking a picture, like what will people like? Like, how can I take this in a way that people are going to like it? Um, it's, you got to get around that and find a way to shoot things that make you really happy. So, I sometimes have to tell my husband, like, I promise I like our kids' faces. I think they're really cute, <laughs> but they're just not in a lot of my photos. Um, I do love their faces, and I have plenty of photos of their faces, but those aren't the ones that I share and put in my portfolio because um, they're not necessarily the ones that just speak to me as an artist. They speak to me as a mom, um, but trying to merge the two things together uh, really is what makes me happy, and that's what motivates me to pick up my camera. Um so, you know, I do like to shoot a lot of silhouettes and details, and I love experimenting with um, different techniques and tricks and, you know, the ring of fire and using a prism and free lensing and multiple exposures and, like, you name it. I've pretty much tried all of it. Um, I'm not a master at any of it, um, but I do just love to experiment with different things um, and try to capture because my kids do a lot of the same things over and over and over and over. You know, they're they're playing outside every single day or it's you know, how many baseball games can we go to? And I've taken the same picture. So it's really just trying to capture what they're doing daily, which is really not anything out of the ordinary, um, but just shoot it in a way or, or try a new technique or a new perspective or, you know, try and find a, an element of humor or an emotion that I can put in there that just takes it to a different level. And it's more than just a cute picture of my cute kid. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I try to do. Uh, that's that's very cool. I, I like it because um, it's, 
they're kind of the things you want to to remember about the kids. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, just the cute little kid feet and the just funny things that they do, rather than uh, uh, rather than just the events that happen. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. To me, they're they're more emotional. Like I have a much more emotional emotional attachment to those types of images you know, than just like your typical, uh, you know, like iPhone shot, like they're sitting there hugging on the sofa. So I took a picture real quick with my phone. Um, yeah, I'm much more emotionally attached to the pictures that, uh, that make me feel something. They have a mood about them, um, you know, and the details and, um, just even like a, a picture that where maybe I just get like a little glimpse of their face, like maybe half of their faces cut out of the frame and I just get like a ha- little half smile or something. Um, pictures like that just really speak to me more. And, um, you know, I have a stronger attachment to those. And and even looking back on pictures, you know, that I took, you know, I guess two years ago now, um, now that it's 2018. But, um, it, you know, it feels like just yesterday that I was shooting daily with that project. But looking back on those pictures now, like it, it makes me really happy that I have those little moments captured um, that, you know, otherwise I, I wouldn't have thought to even pick up my camera. Because a lot of times they're just little nothing moments. Um, but if you can find really pretty or interesting light or, you know, try a new, uh, you know, trick or technique or, or something, it really can transform those little nothing moments into something like really spectacular. Tell me about the post-processing that you're doing. If I'm um, for the listeners, this is a, you know, obviously an audio podcast, so I want right. <laughs> to uh, as much give the feeling of, of, uh, of the photos as possible, but uh, yeah. I definitely encourage everybody to go check out your website. It's nataliegreenroyd.com. Uh, but tell me, uh, are you are you mostly using you know Lightroom and a quick preset on these? Are you uh, diving into Photoshop on some of them to darken areas where where you're uh, wanting it to be more black? Or well, what's the general process? Yeah, um, I I edit. I would say ninety uh, percent only in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have Lightroom five. I don't do the Creative Cloud subscription thing. Oh, I'm, you're I'm way back. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm old school. Good for um, you. You've saved a ton yeah, of money. I know. I, I, I'm sure eventually I'll get to the point where I have to like give in. <laughs> um, no, hold I, out as long as possible. Yeah, Adobe's not earning working. their subscription, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's you know it works for me. Like I haven't come across anything that I'm missing um, from it. So yeah, I'm Lightroom five all the way. Good for um, you. You're not I, missing a thing. You're yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel better. Um, yeah, so I bring all my photos into Lightroom, and that's where I, I organize everything and. Um, Like I said, uh, 90% of my photos, I would say, are Lightroom only edits. And I have a preset that I created myself. Like I hand edited um, a a few photos and kind of figured out what I liked. And then I I created a preset from that. So um, I put that preset on every single photo. So that way I kind of have a good starting place Uh to, to keep my edits consistent. So I'll add that on everything. And then from there, I always tweak it a little bit. Um, And I will say, kind of going along with what you said about like a lot of deep shadows and contrast and things like that, I think my favorite panel in Lightroom is the tone curve panel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I love to play around with the the S curve in there um, to add a little bit more contrast and maybe a teeny bit of a matte finish look to it. Um, Yeah, a lot of these have a matte finish. Yeah, yes. And so that's that's where, um, as far as I'm concerned, that's where the look of my photos comes from is is the tone curve so everything else in Lightroom is is pretty basic you know I I I play around with the sliders a little bit you know with the shadows and highlights and things like that but the tone curve is kind of where I get the look for the photos Um, and one of the things 
that I do love to do is add a radial filter around my subject to where um, on the outside of the radial filter, I'll, I'll bring the shadows down a little bit. So like you were saying, like, do I do anything to like kind of play up the shadows? And that's one thing that I love to do because it kind of brings the shadows down around my subject and, and lets them shine and pop a little bit more um, against all the deep shadows. So I do that quite often. So a um, radial filter rather than just vignetting? Yes, exactly. Yeah, because, you know, the vignetting is, is just going to add it, like, in the corners. Um, so, like, maybe my subject is in, like, the top right corner. So I'll put the radial filter around him. And then ah, everywhere, else, everywhere else in the frame, the shadows are going to go down. But just not in that top, you know, top right corner. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I love doing that. I do that almost in all my photos. Uh, and, and it's pretty subtle, I would say. I don't do it real drastically. Um, but just a little bit, just to kind of bring everything else down a little bit. Um, sometime I'll even like bring the exposure down just a tad, um, shadows or exposure, but that way, like my, my, my subject pops a little bit more. Um, and let's see. And then I I do go into Photoshop elements. Um, like, yeah, I'm really old school here. No, Uh, that's good. I like this. I know. Yeah. I will, um, I will only bring it into Photoshop elements if I have some like really extensive cloning to do. Um, you know, maybe there were a bunch of trees in the background that I didn't like, so I want to get rid of them. Um, I, I can do some cloning, obviously, in Lightroom, but if it's really extensive, I'll bring it into a Photoshop Elements for that, or maybe a head swap. So those are the only reasons um, I'll ever do anything outside of Lightroom. So I'm pretty simple. Um, you know, I kind of have my system going, and it's working for me, so I'm holding on for dear life as long as I can to Lightroom 5, because um, I like it, and it's working, so... Well, that's good. I mean, with it. yeah, uh, yeah I, I pay the subscription every month, and I think, what has changed since 2015... Like right, almost yeah. nothing, almost nothing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Every now and then somebody will tell me like one new little feature that they've added. I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Just don't tell me. <laughs> because yeah. if, if I don't know about it, I won't miss it. <laughs> and the 2015 Lightroom was way faster than what we have today. Way faster. Yeah, yeah, so, man, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Anyway, <laughs> we've talked about this before, but, <laughs> right. but you're not missing anything. Yeah. Um, well, I I am really inspired by what you're doing. That the photos have emotion and feeling to them, and uh, it shames me uh, to think of my kids' life and how much more poorly documented <laughs> oh, no. they are. Uh, you're really doing some awesome things. So I appreciate you coming on the show and and sharing your talents with you. And I would yeah, encourage everybody to to check out your work at nataliegreenroyd.com. Um, and in every episode, I, for, I forgot I, I forgot to warn you on this, but we always share a doodad of the week. Do you have something you can share with us, a, a favorite product? Um, a favorite product? Um, well, I know not everybody can run out and buy one of these, um, but I, you know, I mentioned earlier, like my newest obsession right now is my little Fuji. Oh, yeah, <laughs> So yeah. if I would say like looking into mirrorless, um, I know mirrorless cameras have been around for a while. But I really, I knew nothing about them. And a few months ago, I was, I think I came across an article about a mirrorless and, you know, how small they were. And I'm like, yeah, but there's no way I could hold a candle to my my DSLR. Um, And I rented one and I just fell in love with it. And it's so small. It fits in the palm of my hand and it's amazing. So um, it's just really fun to play with. Uh, I would recommend, you know, even if you don't want to buy one or don't need one, like I love to rent things um, like lenses or, or camera bodies even I love to rent things it's really fun maybe you're going on vacation and you don't want to lug uh you're around a ton of gear maybe look into renting you know a little mirrorless camera to take with you 
Um, so yeah, so I would say that I'm, I'm my, my newest obsession right now is my little mirrorless camera. So <laughs> great recommendation. Yeah. Um, I I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago that I am not buying any new gear this I year. I heard that. Good for you. I, that's I'm amazing. Learning to be a little bit more like Natalie as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's awesome. Um, that's, a, that's a great goal to set for yourself. Really, though, that's it's amazing. something I need. It really is. Yeah. Um, not that you know. I mean, it, it's a business, and so buying new gear to recommend it uh, and review things for photographers makes sense. But I right. I, I, I just want to focus myself on the art more. Um, yeah, but right. before before the diet began, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I purchased the uh, the Drobo 5D3. Um, this is a, a newish, a pretty new, um, new version of the Drobo uh, that has USB-C and Thunderbolt 3 um, connectors on it. And this for me is a do wait. It's not a it's not a doodad to buy. It's not a do not yet. <laughs> But it's a do wait. Um, interestingly, so I, I had my previous Drobo. And those of you who don't know, a Drobo is a, an enclosure where you can put up to five hard drives. And then you connect it with a cord to your computer. Uh, so that if you, all your photos don't fit on your internal drive on your computer, which they haven't fit for many, many years for me. Oh, yeah, um, that's me. I need this. <laughs> yes, you do need this, um, is the Drobo. So you can put a whole bunch of drives in there and, and access them as if it's one drive. Oh, um, I need to look into that. Yeah. It, so this one is a wait, though, um, because it's it bizarrely is way, way slower than my oh, previous no. Drobo. And I don't know why. I'm using the exact same drives uh, that are in here. I've given it several days to, to run to see if there was some uh, organization of the files that needed to happen. But strangely, now that I'm connected with Thunderbolt 3 on this brand new one uh, that's supposed to be much faster, I mean, my speeds are like cut in half. And I oh, do not no. know why, and I haven't found others with the same issue. Uh, so huh. I'm waiting to hear back from support. Drobo support is poor. Um, but I, I, yeah, so I'm waiting to hear back from support. It's already been two days and I haven't heard anything back. But it's a do wait. It's one that has promise. <laughs> but don't buy this until, uh, until we see if they have their issues figured out. All right, Natalie, thank you for taking the time to be on the show and share with uh, the many thousands of, of listeners to improve photography. I appreciate you sharing your talents with us, and we'll yeah, talk to you, you later. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. All right, thanks. Bye.